Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is here and it's Christmas. We're celebrating little baby Jesus. And I am your host, Pastor David. We got James in the building. Hey, everybody, Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. And we got Pastor Ron here. He's looking over some notes, but uh, he's gonna hear. He's gonna be here. He's gonna share some Christmas stories with us here in a little bit. But Papa, you missed the Christmas sound effects. Oh, I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was sorry. Not, I don't I, have my. It's okay. I didn't know they were gonna on. happen. It was a surprise. By surprise. It was a surprise. It was Maybe I better put this on. <laughs> well, the sound effects are over. But <laughs> well, you had me. Ah. I'm excited for Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody in I, podcast Merry land. Christmas. I want you to know that last 15 seconds was the most Christmassy I think I felt this well, there whole you go. You're Christmas welcome. season. You're so welcome. thank you. you I have it. five Christmas trees in my house. We've been doing Christmas <laughs> since Thanksgiving. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Only five this year? Only five. You stepping back? Yeah, we gave one to the church, so that was our six that we normally have. And <laughs> Shelly needed an extra one in the uh, Nelson Hall, so we just like, oh, yeah, sure, you could have one. <laughs> Like I guess you can have one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are very festive for Christmas. Is Sandra's favorite holiday? Mm-hmm. She just likes f- fall forward, you know, fall and Christmas and all that stuff. And she decorates the house all up. And uh, we have we have our family tree in the living room where our boys and and uh, mom and dad and that type of stuff tree that we put all the presents under. Right. And that's where we that's you know, your have, uh, your fifteen foot tree. No, 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 no. That's the regular, you know, seven foot, seven footer or whatever. Okay. Uh, and then in the, in the uh, what do you call it? The foyer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The foyer. <laughs> uh, this guy has a living room before his living room. <laughs> it's a pretty pretty yeah, good. I think it's, it's nice. bigger than my living room, right? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the big tree in there by the window for the you know mm. that's where the whole the family the whole family that's where their presents go. Mm. And then we have the Christmas. You know the uh, the kitchen Christmas tree. Yeah, you know with all the Christmas uh, kitchen decorations on it and stuff. Yep, it's Christmas time in it's the kitchen Christmas too. Time, that's right. You know that's where you do all the stuff for for Christmas is uh, is you know cooking all that good stuff. And then we just have so we have three windows in the front. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks off balance. So we just took two more Christmas trees in the other two windows. <laughs> It's Christmas time in every room. It's Christmas time, baby. Yeah. Uh, Luke's little friends came over, and so Luke's finally, you know, liking girls, and we've talked about somebody's and nobody's and finally. all that. And uh, so I told him, I said, hey, man, I'd rather y'all just be here. You uh-huh. know, invite your friends. We got this big house. Y'all pool tables. Oh, uh, y'all, y'all are that house. Yeah. Well, that's where I want it to be. Yeah. You know, because he started wanting to go to this house and that house, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, House is open. Bring your kids. You know, bring your friends here. Yeah. Uh, so th- he brings them over the first time, and they come in. They were like, oh, you're rich. You have five trees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one fake one. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, if y'all Couldn't even only afford knew, ornaments. When we started putting multiple trees up, uh, we would search the neighborhood after Christmas when people were throwing their trees away. Ooh, that's and we good. would go get them. That's smart. You know, and then we would put them up. Uh, and then over the years, we started making a little bit more money or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so we started buying, you know, good trees that you didn't have to put yeah. 
go through and all of the all of the stuff on uh, uh, you know the more light the, the lighted trees that people would throw away. You'd have yeah, to yeah. put lights on them, you right. know. So, uh, but whatever. But I yeah. haven't had a tree. I, I had, me and Tara put up a tree one year. Uh, I think the first year we were married, and we put up a tree. She was all excited. You know, it's Christmas. We got our house, so she put up a little bit of decorations. It was fine, and we just haven't done it since. We because it was a lot of work, and every year we end up being so busy. And then the next time, next thing you know, it's like, oh, it's already Christmas. And, yeah, take your time, man. When your kids yeah. get here, you don't have a choice. Yeah, and I mean, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me yeah. at all. So take and your it's time. just us at the house, so. I got away with not putting yard art out this year because last year we had a lot of like really wet, wet winter. Yeah. And it killed my grass mm-hmm. after I just resodded the whole front yard. Yeah. So I'm just like, you got to give it a year to to recover and all that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, like always, I got some presents for you. Oh my gosh. I forget every yes. year that you do this. So this year, um, I went out and and I made a pretty big purchase for you. I went all the way to Scotland and bought you some land in Scotland. Oh, did you? And because of this land in Scotland, now I'm going to present you with this uh, paper here. Now your official name is Lord James Nissen. How much land is it? You get a a square foot, (laughs) one square foot of land. Dude, I think I've heard of this before. Yes. They sell that so that you can technically be a lord. Yeah. So now lord, now you can tell everybody. Now you can go home and oh, tell your wife they call me. Looking. Oh, this. This and I got good. I got all the official paperwork. I'm going to email to you that uh, you know can put Know ye therefore that James Nissen, by the birth, by the, oh man, I can't even read him. By the virtue of the ownership of land in Scotland, by way of... Dedication upon the effect and the receipt of this proclamation, in particular regarding the land described as plot. That's a I can't read that number. By established cities may henceforth and in pepper, perpetuity be known by the style and the title of all caps Lord and shall hereafter to all and sundry be known as Lord James Nissen. There you go. There's a couple other paragraphs on there, too. I'm guessing they're uh, similar in words. I'm sure they are. That mean his grandpa has to call him Lord? Hey, I think that's what it it's means. It's official. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'll send out an email to everybody and let everyone so know. So, I mean, Thank you very we've much. been talking about a lot of different prona- pronouns. Yeah, so mine is Lord. So now yours is Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, I like yes. being Lord. <laughs> so far, so, it's good. Uh, hey, so if you want to give me a Christmas present, you can give me that uh, sack of nuts you got over there. They're looking, so they're these looking delicious. You didn't get any of these? No. Oh man, I'm about to get on to him. This comes from Jay, the the, the guy that we do sound that does our sound. And stuff oh yeah, from. Jay Boyle. So it just shows. You know, I have to hide these when I get home. Who's important? Right? I have to hide these because <laughs> my wife and kids will go through those no respect, in, in a know? day or so so i gotta hide them behind my chair yeah take a few out of the time so they don't see the whole thing well if you invite all the, the teenage kids over nope. they're gonna eat your nuts nope. they <laughs> will not. those will stay in my room by my chair and yeah well yeah so merry christmas man um that is uh actually uh, adam's fault 
Adam's just like, hey, I seen this thing. You got to get James. That's smart. So I, I can see just, it. I was just like, thank okay. you, Adam. Yeah, good thinking. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So Merry Christmas. Do you have any uh, uh, plans for Christmas? Uh, well, I mean, we'll get with uh, with no. my. So the way we do it is we get with my side of the family. So my grandpa and all them on Christmas Eve okay. every year, and uh, we go. The last few years we've been going to my aunt Stephanie's house over in uh, Seabrook. Yeah. So we'll do all that. Um, they do presents from like cousins and aunts and uncles and all that. They do presents that night, and then presents for uh, for like my siblings, my parents. We all get together this year. I think we're going to do it earlier that day, but we'll get together like a separate time and give. I'll give my parents presents. And so all what that. about the wife? When do you, when do, you do her? Hers is different every year because her family, because our family forever has always been like Christmas Eve is when we get together, and then Christmas Day we would do um, like your close family. Yeah. Um, but her family, when they get together with aunts and uncles and grandparents and all that, it's different every year. So uh, we just kind of do it whenever they're doing it. I think this year we're supposed to go see them on Christmas Day. Yeah. So. We'll yeah, it's tough when you get married and you got all these different places to go to. And we do the same thing. We do Christmas Eve with the the broader family, and mm-hmm. then uh, Christmas Day with the uh, with the immediate family, my mom and dad and sister. So immediate that was the word immediate. I could not think. Yes, of. I'm the one family. coming with the big words now. Oh, yeah, watch out, What's Lord. Going on? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into culture corner. Go ahead, Pawpaw. Go ahead, give us a give us a freestyle. Do what? <laughs> we used to let the guests do a freestyle rap. Uh, uh, and, uh, you got the wrong guests here today, son. I didn't even know what you were doing. Here. It could have been amazing, Pawpaw. Yeah. Well, maybe next time. All right. All right. Well, do you have a Christmas story? It's not really Christmassy, right. but it is kind of. All right, you go, and then I'll go, because i got a for-sure Christmas story. Okay, so this story. So a couple weeks ago, these two guys and a dog, it's a miniature poodle, were going to okay. sail from... Wait, oh, two wait. dogs are going to sail? No, no, no. Two, two grown men okay. and a miniature poodle were right. going to sail from Delaware down to Florida, and it was going to take them 10 days, and that was their thing. But they got out there. They got stuck in a storm. Um, it broke their main sail, and then they lost their power, and they were stranded out there mm. with no power or anything for I think they were for ten days. And um, they didn't eat the poodle, did they? They didn't eat the poodle. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but they did run out of water at some point and didn't have water for two days, and they had to stop the dog from drinking anything it could find and all the. Uh, ocean water and all that, and they got stuck out. So, yeah, 10 days, two days with no water, ran out of food, ran out of water, but eventually a uh, a shipping cargo ship uh, came by, and they flagged him down, and they got rescued. And, I uh, thought she was going to tell me they got overtaken by pirates. And they got ro- <laughs> and then they got robbed after they were <laughs> – no. No, but they did make it home, and the Christmassy part is the uh, the daughter who's pregnant said, oh, I'm – this is a Christmas miracle. I got my dad back. So it's kind of, but not really. And they asked the guys at the end of the story, they said, hey, uh, 
you guys going sailing again. And one of them said, I think I'll stay a little closer to the shore because they were 200 miles out. Wow. And uh, the other guy said, sure, why not? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so one of them's in. See, some people just don't learn from their mistakes. I don't know. Some of them. 200 miles is a long way. It's a long way. So he said, one of them said, I'll just stay closer. So yeah. he's going to be a little safer. I mean, I can see that. I mean, Pastor Ron's done similar things like that. <laughs> he still goes out on a boat. <laughs> yeah, he's, I wouldn't go out past uh, past a quarter of a mile. I wouldn't so. go out past uh, the jetties with Pastor Ron yeah, on the no, boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Well, yeah. story. So people yeah. still sailing, still, still sailing. getting rescued. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad they didn't eat the dog. They didn't eat the dog. Okay. The dog's okay. So there's a story uh, going around right now uh, in a in Preston Woods Baptist Church in Plano, Texas, about the their 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 uh, Christmas musical. Okay. Uh, their play that they put on, and a lot of Christians are mad about it because they spent a lot of money putting this you know this big dramatic thing on, uh, and this is the scene with the little drummer boy. Uh, and we'll just, I'll put the link into the, uh, the description so that you guys out there can see it. Uh, let's see it. So you got drummers flying through the air with the LEDs on. People are mad about this? Yes, people are mad about it because they spent all of this money on this big giant production, the church's money, and it's these drummers floating in the air. They're like suspended on these cables and they're flying back and up and down. It's <laughs> amazing. So the big thing right now is just like, and I'm sure it's not Preston Woods people that are complaining about this because, I mean, the place is full and they're charging, right? Yeah. Um, so... Where do y'all land when we're talking about putting these big expensive productions on in in the church, using the church budget? Um, my thought is uh, we're, we're leaving actually Thursday to go, I, I don't remember where it's at, to this big, you know, uh, Christian Christmas thing that we're paying I don't know. Tell me, get back. It's probably going to be five hundred bucks for my family to go down there and back. You know, to see a uh, show or to see a yeah, it's a dinner thing and a show and the Christmas lights and the you know okay. the magical Christmas thing and all uh-huh. all you know the whole like something like this a big thing. Um, uh, and then these people that are complaining about this will also you know spend forty or fifty bucks to go to see some secular thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but when a church does it, we get all been out of control because of all oh, you're using church money and church money's being donated and all this other stuff and and I just I'm I'm getting to the point where I get frustrated with a lot of these a lot of these things where at least this is good godly content that we're 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 having and and there's not like they're taking 
the budget from the church, and then they might have to they might have to use some of the church's money, but they're charging tickets to get in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Pastor, I mean, that's probably a good a good question for you. What do you think about these churches that are doing these big giant productions and, um, you know, and spending some of the church's money to do it? Man, I like to go see them. <laughs> I wish we had a big enough church to do something like that. But there's always, um, you know, Christians need places to go and and enjoy a good entertainment, especially something about the Christmas program. You know, Pastor Mark showed a, a video of uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and their Christmas program on his message a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I, I thought, man, that is fantastic. And the, the church was just totally filled with people and they're, they're singing Christian songs and many times they sing the Messiah and so forth, which is just the whole uh, gospel story. And, oh, it's wonderful. I don't have a problem with it at all if they can afford to do that. Yeah. Most small churches can't do it, but if a large church can do it and open it up to people and they can go and enjoy it, that's wonderful. Yeah. I had a, I was watching the, the, the children's uh, practice their play a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, they had some of those mishaps yeah. and, you know, Mary's stuff kept falling off, and, mm-hmm. you know, she got frustrated and slinged the baby over to <laughs> yeah, Joseph. Yeah. And, and um, when I was preparing for my communion that night, you know, I was thinking about it, and uh, and it's not just a kid's play. You know, it's not just the cantata that we had uh, on Sunday where we had the choir singing, and it's not just these things. It's the gospel being presented in different ways that are, you know, more effective sometimes than a lecture. And I think that when we look at it that way as the gospel being presented to us, um, in a big dramatic way and, and having people's attention. And because I, I mean, how many times you've been in church and then 20 minutes in and you're thinking about, you know, what's next and what we're having for dinner and whatever. But like you have something like this, you're, you're probably locked in the whole time and you're hearing the full, um, story being told and those things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just wish that, sometimes that we would quit being, I call it oversaved mm-hmm. where you're so holy that you can't see what God's doing. You know, I know, uh, years ago, first Baptist church here in Houston used to put on a tremendous Christmas pageant. I mean, they had, they had uh, real camels and all the costumes and all the things. And I used to look forward to going to see it every year, but We've, uh, in in my uh, days of being a choir director, we used to put on an Easter pageant and talk about a lot of work. And people came. That was uh, the biggest crowd we ever had. We have, uh, when I was at First Assembly, we'd have the, the place seated a 1,000 people. We did it three nights in a row. It was packed out people turned away every night well you can't get people to come to church like that normally but uh we did it and it was the biggest thing that you know the church did all year and but it just 
man, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I don't think First Baptist Church does that anymore. You have to have the right person with the right gifts and talents right. to put it on. I never could do the drama very well. I could do the music. But I always had to hire somebody to do the drama part of it or hire somebody. Sometimes that's another story, (laughs) how God provided uh, people with that talent to help us with the drama and so forth. But the people involved, it gives them uh, an outlet for their talents, and it's it's a wonderful thing. But I'm telling you, it's tough. Most churches don't do it. I would say one out of a thousand maybe yeah. can put on something like that. Yeah, and you know we done the glory in the fire, which was yeah. kind of sort of the same thing. We and used I, to sell tickets to that, didn't we? No, it was I always, feel like always we gave free, them away. Yeah, we get, we we printed tickets that's and gave away. And I think that's I think that's really a, a, you know when we talk about mega churches, and this is definitely a mega church, um, and then you have all different sizes of churches, and I think that. You know, you hear a lot of people complain about these mega churches or whatever, but they have abilities and to do things that a lot of these other churches can't. And so there's a place for there's a place for every size church, Mm -hmm. you know, and instead of uh, saying, oh, you know, pastor such and such over the road, you know, he's got Mercedes and this and that. But, man, you know, you don't know what he went through to get through all those things you know you don't know what his family lineage is uh what was for for him to uh, have the things that he has now and and all of those things so we just have to if god has called you to mentor one then that's where you need to be yeah if god has called you to 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 preach to forty thousand every week then that's what you need to do so you just need to follow what god has for you and do those things and then you know um I think we all be better that way than always pointing the finger across the desk. For sure. You know? Uh, Bible so. says if you compare yourself among yourself, you're not wise. Yeah. Because sometimes you can always find a church that's smaller than yours, and it makes you think, man, we're doing a great job here. We're, we we got more people coming than they do. Mm-hmm. But then you can all, always find that one that's bigger than you, and you think, man, we're not doing anything. Yeah. What you have to do is just be faithful to do what God's called you to do. That's right. Reach the people he's anointed you to reach. And uh, because it's all about him in the in yeah. the first place, because he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've often thought about that. You know, some of these pastors, they might not even hear that. Mm-hmm. But the the person that's been in charge of the nursery for the last forty years, wow, they might be the one that hears that. Wow, that's good, and uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so I mean, I just like just let's try to get outside of ourselves, you know, and just let God do what God's going to do. Quit pointing fingers across the street to your neighbors or to the, the the local church, because some of these some of these smaller churches that have thirty or forty people in them or whatever, man, they got just a tremendous discipleship programs and different things like that. They're they're sending out leaders all over the world at some of those smaller churches. Definitely. All right. Well, we got a song for you today. Here we go. By the way, this is James's favorite Christmas song.
that is Christmas Time is Here, instrumental version. 1965, a Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Vince Guaraldi Trio. I love that song. I, that's a whole, to me, if you think of Christmas music, like I think of that album for sure. You know, you know what uh, it makes me think of is sitting in front of the fire, pulling my honey close to me, yeah. snuggling under a blanket, mm-hmm. talking about the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, look at this. You know what else I love about this? This was recorded in 1965. So let it sink in. 1965. Pablo, you know how old that is. That's a long time ago. I was uh, 24 years old. There you go. Okay. So that was a, a long time ago. That was a long yeah, time I ago. Was, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And what I love about this is uh, from like my gearhead audio nerd yeah. uh, perspective, is I don't think is this was recorded back then with that type of equipment, which was pretty limited, and uh, I don't think you could do anything to make this sound any better. No, this this is as good as it. And it's probably recorded in like, you know, uh, you know, some big room somewhere. They just put a microphone on it and said somebody go and play. Just a few. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but. Anyway, that's my. I think that's my favorite song. I realized that this Christmas is that one's my favorite. Little eggnog by the fire. Uh, I'm not into the eggnog. Take yeah. that eggnog out of here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are you doing like with it. that stuff? It sounded cool though. Give me the hot chocolate. Oh, Come man, on, the hot chocolate. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's my Christmas song. Merry Christmas, everybody. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Well, just seen a little bit of the inside of James's life right there. You know, mm-hmm. he don't he don't talk a lot, but you know, he likes to sit. Listen to some Charlie Brown. Now, if you listen to <laughs> the 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 one with the voices, you know that's the one with the little kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> you like that one too. Uh, I sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I do. Sometimes I don't. Depends on how much eggnog you have. <laughs> <laughs> the little the voices can be a little rough. Uh, you got to go instrumental. We pulled your favorite grandpa in here today. That's right. There you go, Christmas Ron. Christmas Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, and y'all, for our numbers, when he comes in here, always go up. So you guys love listening to him tell his stories and stuff. And <laughs> so we asked him to come in, and and he's brought a um, a Christmas message in here, and he's going to read in Matthew, and then we're going to just talk a little bit about the story and about how to follow what God has given you. Amen. Well, we're going to get a little serious here. Uh, You guys have a lot of fun doing this. But when you asked me a few minutes ago to come in here and talk to you, I don't know. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I remembered a message that I had preached years ago, actually in 2014. And uh, I thought, well, maybe we could share some of that and get serious a little bit today. This is Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm going to read 16 verses here. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, 
and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, Where is the Christ who was to be born? And so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. And then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Wow. That's quite a story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Isn't that something? You know, uh, this guy Herod, he was something. He was half Jew and half Edomite. The Edomites were descendants of Esau, the twin brother of Jacob. And Herod cooperated with these Romans. The Jews hated the Romans. And so they made him governor. And seven years later, they bestowed on him the, the title of king of the Jews. And he became known as uh, Herod the Great, ruled Palestine for many, many years. And you know, one of the great accomplishments of this man was he rebuilt the temple. He could be generous at times. Uh, you know, 
he sold some of his gold and actually helped the people during the famine. But he had one one terrible uh, flaw. <laughs> one of his greatest accomplishments, you know, uh, was building the temple. But he was so insanely insecure that if he su- su- suspected somebody was uh, a rival, he put him to death. He, this guy murdered his own wife, his mother-in-law. He murdered three of his sons. I mean, wife and mother-in-law. I mean, sometimes you can, you can see that. Now, come on. I'm trying to be serious <laughs> okay. here, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> and uh, one emperor said, to it, it's safer to be Herod's pig than to be one of his sons. Wow. So these uh, these wise men, who were they? They were astrologers from um, Persia. And uh, they were watching for this particular sign from God. Uh, they were studying the stars, the constellations, and, uh, and, and they believed that one of these stars was going to uh, lead them to the king that was to be born. And so they saw this star, this unusual star, and they started this long, long journey. You know, the Bible doesn't say how many wise men there were. Some people say there were 12 wise men. Mostly Christmas pageants say there were three, you know. Well, where'd that come from? Well, it come from that song that was written uh, about we three kings of Orient are following gifts. We, bearing gifts, we follow the star, whatever it is. I can't remember it all. But uh, And then the Bible says there's, they came with three gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Maybe that's where they started this tradition of, uh, of three wise men. I don't know. But the the story says that they followed this star to Bethlehem, and uh, but when I read that story and I read it to you, uh, I don't find that they ever went to Bethlehem. King Herod uh, told them to go to where, where was it supposed to be born? And of course they they read the prophecies, and the prophecies in the Old Testament said. He was going to be born in Bethlehem. And so King Herod asked his scribes, well, where was he going to be born? He said, Bethlehem. So he told the wise men, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But when they went out, they'd been following this star for probably two years. And when they went out from King Herod, the Bible says, behold, the star appeared again. And they they followed that star, and they followed it to the home of Joseph and Mary. And their home was in Nazareth, not in Bethlehem. You know, I think that's interesting because that we can follow the path that, that God has for us, or we can let the enemy distract us and go a different direction. Yeah. And that would be easy for the, the wise men to do was go to Bethlehem instead of following the star to Nazareth. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to, listen to what uh, Matthew wrote about the birth of Jesus again. It says, 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east. We've come to worship him. You see, they'd been, they'd been following that star for a long time. Man, it's a long ways from Persia to Jerusalem. And, and for whatever reason, the star must have gone out. Because uh, if it had not disappeared, I mean, they wouldn't have to ask Herod where he is. They would have just followed that star and, and found him. And, and I think there's a, a real lesson to be learned from these wise men. It teaches me that when God calls and commissions uh, a person to do a special work for him, somewhere along the way, you're going to be tested. Uh, maybe you've experienced it. Yeah. I mean, you've heard God speak to you. You know he was telling you to follow him. You know he was telling you that he would lead you. And so you you began to follow that star, so to speak. Maybe he called you to into the ministry of some kind. Uh, maybe he called you to work with young people or work with children or sing in the choir, be a missionary. Maybe whatever it was, and you started out with great enthusiasm. I mean, man, you couldn't, you couldn't wait to, you know, follow that star. But with the passage of time, uh, that star grew dim. It maybe it even disappeared. <laughs> uh, you may have wondered, uh, did I really see that in the first place? Um, maybe you've become discouraged. Maybe you uh, felt like giving up. I mean, boy, I've I've had that happen to me. I remember um, when we built the church, which is now our our children's church. I remember over there and. I, I was so excited, and I, I stood on the slab, and all he had was those laminated beams above there. And I stood there, and God spoke to me. God says, I'm going to build a big church here. Ooh. And it showed me what it was going to be and that I was going to be part of it. And I just I just felt like well, Pastor McGee's going to be the pastor, and I'm going to be the song leader and the worship leader, and I'm... We're going to see God move in a great way. And it wasn't but a, oh, not many years, a couple, two or three years. After that, boy, that star went totally out. I can identify with this story. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. I thought, God, you showed me that uh, this was going to really go. But it looks like it's folding up. And after few more years, it really did seem like the church was about to fold up. And then Pastor McGee called me and said God had told him that I was to be the pastor here. And when I came back, that star came back on so bright. Yeah. God said, I'm going to use you, son. I told you. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you look at it, and we kind of talked a little bit about it before, like when, even in your story, like if yeah. you can look back back now when the star was dim, that you can see that God was preparing you for that next time that he says, okay, Ron, it's, t it's time to go now. 
now you were prepared. Now you had the, the thing and was equipped to do the next thing. Well, like you were saying earlier before we uh, started this 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 podcast, uh, you look back on your life and you say, man, God was leading me every step of the way, and I just didn't know it. Yeah. I mean, I had to go through what I went through to be prepared to be the, the pastor of this church. And, you know, we, we need to le- learn a lesson from these wise men. And the lesson is don't give up. <laughs> don't quit. I mean, if God's called you uh, and you don't in- understand exactly what's going on in your life, just keep on trusting God because your star will <laughs> reappear. <laughs> these wise men saw that star. They decided to follow it. They stepped out by faith. I mean, maybe they thought they'd reach a destination in just a a couple of days, but boy, those days turned into weeks, and then those weeks turned into months, and those months turned into years, and man, they had plenty of time to get discouraged. Everything was uh, was against these guys. They were members of the wrong group. They were Gentiles. They uh, journey took a lot longer than they ever expected it to take. But listen, they didn't quit. I mean, they kept on going. Even when that star disappeared, (laughs) man, they they reached Jerusalem. It looked like they arrived two years too late. (laughs) Jesus was no longer in Bethlehem in a manger. He was a a two-year-old child living in Nazareth with Mary and Joseph. (laughs) But you know, when you're being led by the Lord, you're never late. That's right. You're always right on time. And and I, and I think that that's interesting how God chooses certain people in certain situations. Like like here, he, he chose Gentiles to go. Yeah. You know, and, and that's like in our own life. The, the world might give us their own type of titles, but God has called us to do exactly what that has. As for us, even though the the world's already given us a different title, yeah, you know he he's allowed us to step into his footsteps, no matter you know what ethnicity we came from or how much money we have or any of those things. Once we receive Jesus as our Savior, we become, you know, yeah, a, a son of His. You know, it's a funny thing <laughs> that uh, God calls the most unlikely people, yeah, to use for His glory. Yeah, uh, you can't you can't get puffed up with pride because he's he's using you. The Bible says he, he he uses people that are nothing, nobodies, to become somebody's Somebody. in his kingdom. Yeah. Yep. But these wise men, I mean, they kept on going even though that star had disappeared. You say, well, Pastor Ron, I mean, how do you know that that star had uh, disappeared? <laughs> well. If it hadn't disappeared, they could have followed it right on to wherever Jesus was. But Herod called these wise men, and he demanded, tell me exactly when they first saw this star. Let me read that to you. said, uh, Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. 
you know, Herod didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, wise men, their situation looked hopeless. It appeared that Satan was going to win. It was their darkest hour. But uh, remember this. The darkest hour comes just before the dawn of a new and glorious day. Hmm. The devil's going to do everything he can do to keep you from fulfilling that dream that God's put in your heart. He's going to discourage you. He's going to make the situation look hopeless. He's going to try to steal your joy, steal your vision, destroy your dream. But he will not be successful if you'll just keep on following Jesus. But here's the good part. As they were leaving, about to go in the wrong direction, something miraculous happened. Listen to this. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Wow, man. The, the Message Bible says, uh, instructed by the king, they set off, and then the star appeared again. That star had gone out. That same star they had seen in the eastern skies, it led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time, and they entered the house, <laughs> not the stable, but they entered the house and they saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. And overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. And then they opened their luggage and presented gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Mm. Man, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> the star had gone out, but it miraculously reappeared and it led them to the house where that young child was, not a baby, but the young child was there with Mary and Joseph. Wow, that's amazing to me. Uh, so, you know, we kind of got the Christmas story wrong. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to change everything. You know, we're going to rain them on jingle bells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, they didn't follow this star to... Bethlehem. Yeah. They followed it to Nazareth where Mary and Joseph lived. And, uh, you know, uh, the wise men must have told Herod, uh, you know, well, they did. Said uh, He said, when did you first see this star? They must have said, well, must have been two years ago. We've been following this thing for a long time. And, uh, well, listen to this. This is Matthew 2 and 16. said, Herod, when, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. He sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in its districts from two years old and under, according to the time 
which he had determined from the wise men. Why did he put them two years and younger? Because those wise men must have said, we saw the the star two years ago. Uh, Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. So he says, I'm going to kill all these babies two years and younger. Wow. So, you know, as you're following your star, it it might lead you in a direction you don't intend to go. You, you might think that God's leading you in a certain direction and you discover that it's going to take you somewhere else. The main thing is you need to follow that star. Yeah. Wow. Got to follow that star, and then even when it becomes dim and... You know, and you you can't see it anymore. God's prepared you for yeah. that time. He, we've all been in that place where it's that dry place, or we can't hear God anymore. And I used to get scared about that, you know, especially when you're trying to come up with a message every week. And and but I, I remember God whispering in my ear and saying, "These are the times I have prepared you for." You know, He has to prepare us. For when we're away from our Bible, from when we're away from our church, or when we're away from our pastor, those are the times that we have to sustain ourselves. Um, yeah. And I think that's some of the things that these wise men were going through. Okay, God, you let me here now. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to do the things that I've been taught and then have been instructed. And then the star appeared again. There you go. You know, and it might lead you in a different direction. Yeah. You know, and and we're all on a journey. <laughs> I mean, you know, I believe when I was teaching high school choir, I was right where God wanted me to be. I I believe that God was leading my life. And and when I was, uh, you know, minister of music and so forth uh, in a full-time position, I believe I was right where God wanted me to be. And uh, when I was pastor of the church, I believe I was right where God wanted me to be. And now I'm pastor emeritus and and I feel like I'm right where God wants me to be. I, I have a lot of wisdom. I'm able to, well. You're able to pour out a message in 2014 well, when we <laughs> gave you 20 minutes notice. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good message. It is. Let me, let me, let me uh, wind it up here. Let me, let me give you the, the end of it. Uh, you know, the wise men... They they arrived there at the home of Mary and Joseph, and they printed, presented those gifts of gold and frankincense and, and myrrh. You know, those gifts are, are symbolic. Uh, gold is the gift you give to a king. <laughs> Jesus was born to be the king, and they were looking for a king. And they, and they asked Herod, where is he who is born the king of the Jews? And, and frankincense is a gift for a priest Uh, it's used by priests in their duties in the temple Jesus came to be our priest he's our representative made it possible for us to enter into the holy of holies the very presence of God and then myrrh is a gift for one who is to die used to embalm the bodies of the dead Jesus came to die on the cross in our in our place. But uh, it was a practical reason for these gifts. The, as soon as the wise men left, 
God warned Joseph in a dream. He said, you need to take Mary and, and Jesus. You need to go to Egypt because uh, Herod's going to kill all the baby boys. Now, I don't know if you thought about that, but, uh, you know, traveling is expensive. <laughs> you just said you're going to go and right. see some Christmas things. It's going to cost you probably $500. Well, <clears throat> it's expensive today to, to to travel, especially if you're going to go in a foreign land. My goodness, mm-hmm. Joseph was a was a poor carpenter. He he couldn't even afford a lamb at the dedication of Jesus in the temple. Do you remember that? He just had two turtle doves. That was a offering of a very uh, poor family, but. Uh, Boy, how could he, on a moment's notice, travel all the way to Egypt and stay there for quite a while? Well, I suggest that he uh, use those gifts of the wise men to pay for that trip. (laughs) So that means the wise men were not two years late. (laughs) They were in the right place. They arrived right on time. And God's provision is always That's it. It's always right on time. Wow. That's it. So I didn't know I was going to share this message with you guys today, but I think God's right on time. That's it. I think somebody needs this message today. God's, uh, God's given you a vision. God's put it in your heart. But maybe it just seems like, well, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Just hang in there. It's going to happen. If God gave it to you, it's going to happen. And what you're going through right now is preparation for what God has for you in the future. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me pray this out. If you've been out there and you've been struggling and, and, uh, you know, you know God has called you in, in this journey that you're on. You're not on it by yourself. God's there with you. He's, he's placed brothers and sisters around you. So just stay strong. Uh, maybe you're in Colombia right now. Uh, maybe you're in Peru right now. There's people listening all over the world. We'd say no matter what's going on in your local government, no matter what's going on in, in uh, your local uh, schoolhouses, just understand that God has a star for each and every one of us. Amen. And we got to be focused on those stars. And let me just pray for you right now. Father, thank we you, just Lord. thank you, Lord. We just thank you for the things that you have called us all to be, Lord. Father, the, the every lane that you have called us to be in as Christians, Father, is, is filled, Father, because you have a greater purpose than just us ourselves, Lord. Thank and you, Lord. I, I thank you, Father, for everybody that's listening in this time of Christmas, Lord, that we get to celebrate Jesus, the one that came for us, Lord, that would, that would, uh, die for us that would have those stripes, Father, for our, for our sins, Lord, Father. And I would ask you right now just to continue to keep us, uh, focused on the important things in life, Lord. Not, not the, the things that this world would have to offer, the flashy, the shiny, Lord, Father, but truly the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I thank you for it. And we thank you as, as a body, Lord, Father, that the things that you're going to do, uh, in the future, just let us continue to uh, stay strong, represent you well, and we and we love you, we honor you in everything that we do, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. And we love you. Merry Christmas.
Outreach Project.